All right, believe in and fear of jinn. Again, spirits. Uh, we're coming back to spirit. Like I said, we'll come back to this over and over. I mean, when you read the Quran, uh, re really read the Quran, it's almost like reading the Bible from an African perspective. But when you read the Quran from an animistic folk Muslim perspective, everything is about fear. Uh, the day you were born, growing, death, or marriage, death, everything is there. Um, i tell you a quick story. Um, a nurse went to Sierra Leone, and this is a true story. Uh, if you want to read it, it's in Darrell Miller's book, uh, Discipling the Nations. Uh, he said, the setting takes place in Freetown, Sierra Leone. And they go there and bring all these well-educated Africans or Sierra Leoneans. And <laughs> they are discussing about polio, how one uh, gets polio. And they explain all the scientific aspect for about two to three weeks. And all these experts, scientists that they brought in Freetown after the war to teach these nurses and doctors, uh, local Africans, about polio and the disease, how to avoid it. After weeks of teaching, and the teacher wanted to know some sort of evaluation, how have I done? And they discussed it, and the Africans were just sitting there looking at this young woman, I mean, really waxing eloquently about polio and the scientific effect. And then one of the, uh, they asked one of the students from Seoul and said, now tell me, after all these studies, how do one get polio? Guess what they said? Yes, from the spirits. That's the belief. TB from spirits. Do you know I know some of you have heard this, but in South Africa, men will sleep with a five-month-old baby because they believe that's how you get rid of AIDS. And these are educated men and women still doing that today because since AIDS is something that people put on you, the only way you can get rid of it is to sleep with a five-month-old young baby, girl. That is mind-boggling. Believe in and fear of jinn. They are troublesome, cause accidents, make children ugly. <laughs> I like this part. And they steal beautiful women. That's interesting. Let's camp on that. Cause accidents. And within the African or Asians or South Americans, Pantheon, the belief is that nothing happened for nothing. And behind everything, behind every bridge, there's a spirit. So if you get in the car <laughs> uh, and there's an accident, the driver is not at fault. Uh, for some of you, it won't be strange to you when I tell you that I speak nine different languages. Uh, many times, one of the languages I speak from Liberia, it is actually built in that if I had a bottle of water in my hand and then I dropped the bottle of water in my dialect, the interpretation would be the bottle fell from me. I'm never responsible for anything because my life is controlled by somebody else. It's controlled by the spirits. So drunk driving, no, it was caused by the spirits. 
And then if like Down syndrome, you have scientific explanation for that in Europe or America, but many times in Africa, it's the spirit. And that's why when your wife uh, is pregnant, you don't tell anyone. My father used to say, well, if she's ready pregnant after four months, they would know. You don't have to tell anyone. In fact, one of the cultural shocks here when I came to America, a friend of mine came to me and said, oh, he said, we are pregnant. And I asked, so oh, six weeks. And <laughs> being a Christian, I said, oh, you're not supposed to tell people that yet. That's the kind of worldview that has affected even Christians today in Africa and around the world. The next thing is that the spirits make children ugly. And so when your child is born, you take them to a witch doctor. Uh, what was, uh, for, them, for that child to be protected, but that the child will not die. Now tell me. The malaria, uh, you remember the example we gave from the beginning of this lesson. Uh, malaria is one of the number one killing machine or disease in Africa, but still, like AIDS. In Ethiopia, anyone that died from AIDS is someone who did it. In fact, people don't die from AIDS in many African countries. That's why it got about 28 million people infected in Africa, but would blame the spirits in the unknown spirit world. And it's still beautiful women. So if my wife is beautiful, what do I do? I need protection before the spirit steal my wife. And not physically stealing, but is that her heart will be turned away from me to another man. And so what do you do? There are voodoo's, as they call it, or there are holy water that they give, or you will give to your wife, or you put in her food, or she will put in your food, vice versa. So you will not leave her, or so your eyes or your heart will not be turned to another woman. And so, again, we need marriage counselor in Africa for that. And so these are some of the things, again, coming back to Scripture. And if you understand these things, and then you can go almost verse by verse from the Old Testament to the New Testament, how God, and even when you go back to Exodus, Leviticus, uh, the judges and some of the things that they did, how Israel left their God to worship. You remember, the king, you remember King Manasseh? This is a man who stood in line with his own child in hand and sacrificed that child to the fire God. So it is no strange things. You read First Samuel. This is King Saul who's going to a sorcerer to see what's happening in the unknown world. So these things are not strange. When we read Acts chapter 19, we find these people are burning holy books because they have come to know Christ. And when you read even Acts 19, you find that the spirits attack those apostles or false apostles who are trying to impersonate themselves as Paul. You remember the quote uh, that the spirit is said, Paul, we know. But who are you? And what is that? These spirits really beat the life out of these guys who are trying to be like Paul. So what I'm sharing with you is not joke. This is for real. And this is why we need to wear the full armor of God as we approach folk Islam. It is not just a religion. It's more than a religion. 
And this is why we need to pray for men and women who are in full-time ministry to Muslims. In Indonesia, in the Philippines, in Bangladesh, in India, in Pakistan, we need to understand what's going on in the lives of these missionaries and also in the lives of these people they are trying to reach because it's war. John Piper said, this is war. I know here somewhere in the West and what have you, when you, you have a flat tire, that's war. But there are places where people are dying because they're sharing this very thing that we are doing here today in a comfortable place. B, the need to take precaution, example, use of ambulance. These are things like the watch I have on my wrist here. You put it around there to protect you. You won't believe this. By the time I was about five or ten, my body has already been marked by my parents so that if a brother or sister so-called put food in my drink and give it to me, the power of the medicine to put in my body, when that power touches that cup, whatever is in that cup will spill. And so by the time you are 10 or 15, your whole worldview, and this is where that when you find yourself in Muslim evangelism, it's not like here, um, and I'm not trying to put down our brothers and sisters in the West at all, but here you can become Christian, walk to your parents, and mom and, oh yeah, I accepted Christ last night. What's the big deal? And you go eat fries. No, it doesn't work that way. My whole worldview has been uh, saturated with spirits, with fear of the unknown world. Now that I have become Christian, what next? Do I keep these voodoos that I had before? What do I do with them? Is the church ready to fill in the gap in the vacuum that I'm walking away from? And this is where many times it is easier for animists, Muslims, or, uh, or folk Muslims to come to Christ, but very difficult for them to stay. Because when trouble comes, who do they turn to? I give you a story from Rwanda. In 1994, you heard about a killing and what have you. Do you know where the killing started? You won't believe this. It started in the Bible school. Christians who took machetes and started beheading their brothers and sisters. Do you know the country that I come from, we have 16 different languages. There are not one word in those languages for the word opposition, only enemies. In fact, in many African countries, the word person who doesn't exist at all in some of these cultures because of fear of the spirit world. And uh, avoiding certain places at certain times. This is very important. Um, there are places in Liberia where I grew up, by the way. Up to today, I'm just afraid to go. Like, uh, like grave, you know. Uh, this was one of the cultural shock when I came to America. 
I would see people going to the cemetery, and the cemetery looks so beautiful, and they are sitting there just having fun. And I am trimming in my boots. What are these people doing? Why would they be mingling with the spirits? And these are certain places, in fact, at night. In many places in Africa, you stay away from the cemeteries. You never go there. Um, I took some people to Liberia recently, and we were going around the jungle and what have you, and they saw the huge tree. I said, Tony, what's going on? What have the people cut down all these trees, but they did not touch this? The belief is that that tree is filled with spirits. And if you cut that tree down, those spirits will have no place to live and they're going to follow you home. So you don't cut it down. Well, if I hope the environmentalists could learn something from that and just tell everyone the spirit in there. So that's how we preserve, we preserve our forests in some places in Africa. But these are the fear people are in. Speak words of protection. We talk about that already. You say some things like, God protect me from Satan, or God guide me from the evil one. Uh, these I think Muslims will go through. Cursing against enemies and wrongdoers. Let me give you a story on this. Cursing against enemies and wrongdoers by going to a sheikh or practitioners, or we call witch doctors. Uh, you see, again, you have to keep this in mind. We don't call them or we don't see them as witch doctors. They are not witches. See, this is where that name was forced upon them by missionaries coming in. You remember calling Africa the dark continent? We don't see Africa as a dark continent. We don't see these people that I'm talking about, like the Sheikh or the practitioner. We don't see them as evil people. Uh, for most Africans, for most animists, and for most folk Muslims, these are medical doctors. These are people, you remember how to call it, uh, the sacred hotline for you here? When you are in trouble, you call them and you explain your problem and they tell you what's going on with your wife or your children or your family. That's how we see these people. So I want to take time yet and just explain the, the differences here uh, because there are differences here. Cursing, I mean, in Africa, or go back to Old Testament time, or read the Psalms. David, you know, asking God to kill his enemy, or that his enemies, will, children will be fatherless or motherless, they'll be orphans. So in Middle Eastern context, in Asians and Africans, Middle Eastern, all of this is practice. Uh, so the fear of never being cursed. You remember Jacob and Ezer? When Esau saw his birthright and the blessing went to Jacob, remember Esau screaming his heart off, asking his father Isaac, bless me. And Isaac said, I cannot unbless Jacob. I have already blessed him. So it is that worldview, that context. This is why when you leave in home, you want for your mother to bless you. Um, Okay, going back to a cultural shock, when I first came to the West, was the first shocker was when I saw 10, not even 10, five, six years old, talking back to their parents. Said, oh, how can they do that? You could be cursed by your mom. 
No, it's called yeah, you, you dialogue with them. Uh, but the cursing issue is a problem that we need to understand in folk Islam. You never want to be cursed, either by your father, your mother, uh, or anybody else. But why is it important? Um, let me give you a quick example. In some part of West Africa, take for example, uh, I was dating a girl. And then this girl somehow met a young man by the name of Josh and decided to leave me. And so what do I do? I go to a practitioner who will put a curse on Josh so Josh will let go my girl. Those, uh, that's how things are used back in many, many African countries. And take for example, I want a job. And then somebody else got that job. So I go to what you will call, again, a witch doctor, but we don't see them as witch doctors. Go to a witch doctor and tell the witch doctor, you know what? This is my job and I want my job back. Is it possible for you to put a curse on this person or a sickness or something for that person? My brothers and sisters, this is what's going on today in many, many African countries, especially for some of us that come to the West or that came to the West and have studied and gone back home. The envy and jealousy, you almost have to be careful. Either they will put poison in your food because they see you as a threat of taking their job or taking their wives, so they put a curse on you. There are so many things that people still practice today uh, that when you hear it in the 21st century, you say, or oh, 2011, you say, how can this be possible? How can they do this? How can they still believe in this? But these things are happening in folk Islam and African traditional religions other Asians and Buddhists uh, religion around the world. Cursing. And then when you go to the Sheikh, they either write, write, or certain words of the Quran which will affect the offender. And that's the fear a lot of people have. Can you imagine writing passages of the Quran in order for you to be harm or not harm? Again, so the Quran can be both used for positive reason to protect you, but at the same time for you to attack another person. And everywhere, uh, when I was in Ethiopia, I saw that among the Oromo people. And when I was in Somalia, I saw that among the nomads. When I was in Senegal, I saw that among the Wolof, the Wolof people of, of, of Senegal. Uh, it was among them. And when I was in um, this place, Africa Coast, I saw that. I went to Mali, Bamako, I saw that among the, the, the Bambara. And then when I was in Guinea, among the Konyakan and the Manyakan tribal groups, I saw that among them. Just everywhere you go, the fear of the unknown spirit world is among these people. Where are we? Okay. All right. There we are from where I am. Now we come back to address ourselves to the evil eye. Uh, and I promise that I'm not going to look at you <laughs> with my evil eyes. I'm going to take my time and look at you at good eyes. But it is something that, again, we need to stress on. We have talked about it before, but I want to also address it again in our lessons. What do I mean by the evil eye? It means that setting 
certain persons are believed to look with greed on others or their property to injure it. And so many times, if you ever, uh, whenever you are in West Africa, if you travel part of West Africa, when someone is building a house, you will see uh, like a flag, white flag standing over the house. The reason why they put that there is to wear off the evil eye. And at times people will put something around their neck. Oh, um, okay, this, uh, this illustration I will not put there, but you have seen maybe a goalkeeper or what we call soccer, a soccer goalie will put something on his eyes so people will not read where his eyes are going and what have you. People will do that to wear out the evil eye. And we have to understand that the greed that they are talking about, they want to seize my property. They want to harm my family. They want to harm what I have. And people will do everything to protect themselves. Does the need to seek protection, avoid jealousy, carry charms such as the hand of Fatima? Who was Fatima? Fatima was one of the daughters of, 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 of Muhammad. So what you do, you carry that object with you everywhere to wear out the evil eyes. It's not yet some, some women put it around their waist, some around their neck, some around their children, just to protect them. My friends, these are real people with real problems in the real culture that we need to confront and engage with the gospel of love. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for a great day. Thank you for what you have taught us. We pray that we will take your word to the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.